Let's take out our Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians 15. We'll continue our study on the gospel. And in our study on the gospel, we have seen how the gospel is Christian in that the gospel relates to Jesus Christ. And we have identified that there are four significant historical events that are the stuff, the ingredients of the gospel. And we find those in one of the key passages on the gospel, which is 1 Corinthians 15, which is where we'll be again today. And when we studied those four key events in his life, we saw that his burial was a witness to his death. And his appearances were a witness to his resurrection. They, they were, in a sense, proving that those other things did indeed happen. So the, the two key events of the four are Christ's death and his resurrection. The focus uh, that we are going to, uh, and that's what we find in the scriptures. As we read through you know, other places in the Bible, in particular the New Testament, you'll see a lot of comments and a lot of uh, you know, references to his de- dying and to his resurrection. So now we're going to, we've looked at the gospel in, in kind of broad strokes. Now we're going to try to address it in some more detail. And we're going to begin to do that by focusing in, uh, getting out our, our, our magnifying glass here, and looking more closely at the death of Jesus Christ. And one at a time, we're going to study what the Apostle Paul gives us in conjunction with Jesus' death. I draw your attention to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, where Paul said, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. So my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, let's consider the nature of Christ's death. Father, help us as we get a chance to consider what uh, the Apostle Paul uh, gave to us here and what we really need to know of significance, what we need to believe concerning the gospel. We pray that you'll help us in this regard, in Jesus' name. Amen. Aging, malnutrition, dehydration, starvation, suicide, homicide, disease, major trauma, and injuries, as well as abortion. Those are all causes of death. And yet we do well to not always think of death in a scientific way. We would do well to think about death in a scriptural way. And by that, I'm not saying that the Bible disagrees with that list of causes of death. The Bible is a book of truth, and therefore when these kinds of horrible events happen where deaths are caused, the Bible truthfully tells of those stories, whether it's of starvation or a homicide, what, what... the matter may be. The Bible records that accurately. But what I would draw our attention to is what is missing from that list of scientific reasons or causes for death. It is key. And it's something that's not known to people who don't read the Bible. The vast majority of people do not connect death with the root cause of death. So it's incredibly that we know what is the root cause of death. And thereby, we'll understand and appreciate more the death of Jesus Christ. We must believe that sin is the cause of death. And that's put very, very simply by the Apostle Paul. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, where it says, The wages of sin is death. The very first thing we need to realize is that death is a penalty for sin. Death is a penalty for sin. And all the way back to the book of Genesis, that's the story. 
That's been the case since the beginning. Since the beginning of human history, God laid out his plan for mankind. It began this way, Genesis 1.28, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living creature that moves on the earth. So that's the dominion mandate. That's the man's responsibility, and to that, God adds provision. Verse 29, God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that's on the face of the earth. Every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. So God gives them responsibility. He gives them provision. And then he adds a restriction. Chapter 2, verse 16, 17. God says to man, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So we see God is the first person to bring up the topic of death. And his warning is quite clear. Death will certainly come from breaking his law. You say, well, is that really the case? Well, that's exactly what the serpent told and asked Eve. when she related that God had said that if you eat of the tree, you'll die. This is how the serpent responded. Chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. The serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the serpent first denies the veracity of God's word, saying that eating won't lead to dying. And then he goes on to give his own thoughts about the consequences of eating. You'll actually become more like God. And the rest of the story is that they ate, their eyes were opened to their own sin. And then God comes and he pronounces judgment on them. Verse 19, chapter 3. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now we might be surprised that Adam and Eve didn't drop dead when they first ate. Kind of like Snow White when she ate the poisoned apple, dropped in that moment. It was not that they dropped dead immediately, but they did begin to die. And just to, to help us understand this by way of illustration, we have modern electronics. And we might say that before sin entered the world, people were kind of like appliances, where electricity is coursing through them because they're plugged in. But as soon as sin entered, people became more like cell phones, where the charge begins to drop. 99, 98, 97. And eventually, as Genesis 5.5 tells us, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. The point of, first, of Genesis 1 through 3 is, is very clear. God's word is true. God says it, it happens. And that is made clear to us time and time again in the beginning of the Bible. And his word about sin and death is also true. And we have to realize there's a relationship between sin and death, which is against what the serpent said. We have to realize that the, the penalty, death is the penalty for sin. That was true from the beginning, and that's true throughout Scripture. So think of the prophet Ezekiel. He said in chapter 18, verses 4 and 20, the soul or the person who sins shall die. The person who sins will die. Now imagine bringing that up to someone. Imagine you're in a classroom, and a friend of yours is about to tell the teacher that his dog ate his homework. And you plead with him, don't tell a lie, tell the truth. If you lie, you will die. They'll probably laugh at you. Now, indeed, lying in that case is a little bit different than eating the forbidden fruit, but 
All mankind since Adam have sinned. This is told to us in Romans 5.12. Just as sin came into the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin. There's the point again. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. So ever since Adam, sin has been the cause of death. And Jesus added confirmation to that. He said in John 8.21, you will die in your sin. And he was declaring that to the Jews, to the people of God who were there with him in the temple. And this word has to fall on our hearts. And it's the word that we have to speak to other people. All people die because all have sinned. Death is the penalty for sin. Now, I grew up in northern Michigan. And uh, I grew up in the north, meaning it was cold. And that said, I know what a penalty is. Because I lived about an hour from the Canadian border. I grew up playing hockey. And the game of hockey, there are penalties for infractions like tripping and slashing and cross-checking and interference, just to name a few things. And when a player commits one of those penalties, one of those infractions, he has to make his way to the penalty box. And there he's seated in the penalty box. And if you see someone not sitting with his team but sitting in the penalty, penalty box, you can rightly assume he has broken the rules. His time in the, pen, in the box is the penalty for his infraction. And even so, God says that death is the penalty for sin. Death is not a natural thing, as if it's just a natural part of the cycle of life that, that evolution would teach us. God says that death is not natural. Death is a penalty. The question then is, well, why did Jesus die? Because 1 Corinthians 15 says, Jesus died. So why did he die? Well, Jesus died as a penalty for sin. And that's what the Apostle Paul says. He connects the death of Jesus Christ to sin. So look at your Bibles again. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. It says this. Christ died for... I'm going to skip a word for the sake of our purpose of study today. Christ died for sins. And the Apostle Peter connects the death of Jesus Christ to sins as well. 1 Peter 2.24. He says that he, speaking of Jesus Christ, he himself bore... I'm going to leave that word out again because of our study today. He himself bore sins in his body on the tree. And that's just like what we find in the Old Testament through the prophet Isaiah. Again, I'm going to leave out a word for the sake of our study today. Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was pierced for transgressions. He was crushed for iniquities. So you see, the plain teaching of Scripture is that death is the penalty for sin. And the plain explanation of Jesus' death is that he died because of sin. Jesus died as a penalty. And many people attribute death to some other cause like aging or major trauma or disease, which in part is true. But the key cause of death, according to the scripture, is sin. The wages of sin is death. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, what faith God has given us that we believe that, we believe that death is the penalty for sin. Against what the serpent said, or anyone else may say, it takes faith to believe that all people die because all have sinned. And we have to realize that Jesus died for sin too. But in preparation for next week when we study it, his death was different. 
And that's part of why I've left out a few words in our text today. That's going to be our focus of next week. But we have to realize death is the penalty for sin and be thankful for the fact that we believe that and that is God's good work of grace in our life. Father, help us as we close out this day to just think about these matters that are regular for us around us and one day we'll face. We need to think of them in the way that you speak of them and, and, and not be blind to the reality. Uh, death is not something natural. It's not something normal. It is because of sin and uh, comes as a consequence of sin. And just as everything you said came to be in the book of Genesis there at the beginning with creation, so this was true, that man has died ever since man sinned. So help us to believe that, Lord. And help us to understand how important it is to realize that Jesus died for sin. We ask that you'll help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, one more application about this is found in 1 Peter 2.24 and Romans 6.10-11, through 11, which would be Christ died for sin. Then we as believers need to ask ourselves, why would we live for what Jesus died for? If we take some time to meditate on that, I think we'll really uh, see some benefit in our walk with the Lord.